Welcome, it's time again for another episode of Dr. Movie, your show on wheels. Hey, that kind of works too, that's simple. Your show on wheels. Rapid movie reviews with Rick on wheels. You can just keep adding to it. I don't know. <laughs> Say what you will. Hey, we're back with another uh, listener request. This is from my good buddy, Brett Collins. Known Brett pretty much both of us known each other our whole lives went to school together and uh brett who i also call bobby joe <laughs> we talk about evil dead 2 a lot and uh very cool dude and he reached out to me and wanted me to cover a favorite of his from back in 1987 called ghost fever um with the late great sherman hensley in here also known as George Jefferson. Um, <laughs> there's some TV shows that you just grow up with, and for me, the Jeffersons was absolutely one of them. Um, and which is exactly why Sherman Hensley made this movie was to try to break that mold because he didn't want to be George Jefferson for the rest of his career. Well, it doesn't matter what show you see him in. <laughs> He's still George Jefferson, right? It's just an iconic character that, uh, you know, came from All in the Family. You know, the old TV show and, it, you know, the Jeffersons was a spinoff of that. And just kind of became legendary, right? Even the theme song. So, uh, but this is his chance to spread his wings and do something different, try to break that mold. And he waited till 87 to kind of do this, right? Uh, this, like I said, Ghost Fever... 87, it says comedy slash comedy horror. Um, to me, this movie is a, it's a throwback movie. This is the, I, I can tell exactly what he's trying to do because, uh, we kind of had a movie a few years before this, which is kind of a tip back to the same idea by, uh, well, it was called Private Eyes, right? Don Knotts, Tim Conway, you can take these two movies and put them back to back and you got almost the same type of flick. And what that is, that's a that's a tip of the hat to the 1940s uh, comedy spooky movies, right? Your Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein or, you know, whatever the, the name was. I know they met the Universal Monsters. So you're, you're taking something that was legitimately a horror thing and you made it comical. And there is no doubt this is a tip of the hat to that. Even your episodes of the Three Stooges where they're dealing with spooky things in a spooky house, you know, it, this is absolutely, a, 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 you know, again, tipping the hat to, to that type of filmmaking. So I don't know if, if, if Hemsley just loved, you know, that style of, of movie or that's just something he grew up with and really enjoyed and he wanted to kind of make his own version of that. That's that's really what we're getting here. Uh, let's talk about our cast after I make this turn. There we go. We're turning. All right. Uh, again, Sherman Hensley. Uh, what else can you say? We all know who he is. We got uh, Louis Avalos in this. Uh, yeah, Louis from The Electric Company. You know, little bald-headed dude, big, thick mustache. Um, 
you didn't see him in a whole lot of flicks, but I always remember when I would see him, I'd be like, hey, that's Lewis, right? Because you just, you grew up watching Electric Company, or at least I did. He was also in a movie called Hot Stuff with Jerry Reed, which I'd love to do on this show too, and uh, we'll get to that eventually. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a fun one too. But uh, glad to see him in this. You know, you always like seeing your your uh, young influences and stuff. And we also got uh, Deborah Benson in this, who you know was in uh, North Dallas 40, 1941, which is another film that I know that kind of flopped, but I absolutely love. But for all you horror fans that are you know along for the ride, she's in the uh, the ultra classic just before dawn so uh you know got a little clout there and we've got myron healy in this um this guy was like the ultimate bad guy in all the westerns back in the day right uh but you may know him and i know him more from the incredible melting man that's <laughs> that's what i think of when i think of this guy again it's all about when you grew up and what you saw him in first but yeah, I mean, iconic American actor for sure. And we also got Pepper Martin in this, which when I think of him, I think of The Longest Yard more than anything else. But you may recognize him as the dude in uh, Return to Horror High. Remember that from 87, the same year that this movie came out? And uh, that's a pretty wild contrast when you think of those two. And he's also in the the first movie called Scream in 81, so he was in that one as well. So he's one of those guys you've seen in quite a bit of stuff. So let's get to the synopsis, shall we? All right, let me get a spot here where I don't hit this big semi-truck that's coming. And we'll talk about ghost fever. Uh, it says, two policemen are sent on a routine assignment to serve an eviction notice, and it becomes anything but run-of-the-mill when they become involved in the ghostly happenings. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It's a very odd, it's a very odd film. Um, you start off with a funeral that's happening, and hold on, I'm messing up something here on my phone. And uh, you're at the funeral of uh, Andrew Lee, and. This is about a, a huge estate, huge mansion that um, is going up for eviction because, well, nobody can pay the bills and it's left to the, the granddaughters of the guy that owned it originally and apparently the grandfather was a really bad dude, right? Now, he's not the one who died. It was his father that died. But uh, supposedly back <clears throat> kind of plantation days, had slaves... And so when this movie starts and Andrew dies, Sherman Hensley plays a, a secondary char character that gets the spirit of Andrew to come up out of the grave and they hang out together through the rest of the movie. You really take this journey with these two ghosts and one is a slave of Andrew's father's. And what it was was Andrew's father was really mean to the slave and of course you know, did bad things to him, and then when he died, Andrew set the slave free and gave him his freedom. So he's paying back the respect and trying to help him hold on to the the value of the mansion. Such a weird concept when you think about it. Uh, but that's your two 
characters you're kind of following through this whole movie. And uh, Sherman Hensley and, and Louis Avalos, Avalos, they're they're yeah, they're these cops, right? And they they've been given this piece of paper to take out to this mansion, given the eviction notice, and the the main officer here, the sheriff, Sheriff Clay, which is Pepper Martin, kind of has an underhanded idea of what he's going to do. He, he's wanting the mansion for himself more than anything else. You don't really know that at first, but really that's how it plays in. And uh, Sherman Hensley's like, man, I don't want to go out that house. I remember going there when I was a kid. Had the crap scared out of me because it was Halloween. They walked up to the house. And the owners of the place came out dressed up and scared them, scared the kids away, and they never really went back. But it's it's wild that you, you tie into this whole kind of slavery thing that was going on, and you find out that down at the bottom of the mansion there was actually like a torture place. Such a strange idea that nowadays people would be so appalled with. But this is. This is Sherman Hensley's movie. This is his love child. He 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 pretty much does everything about this movie and such strange choices, but it also shows you that you can't run away from history. It is a part of who you are. I, I know I'm getting way off base here with this thing, but you can't go back and, and fix these things because, you know, it's kind of like, uh, well, even Superman the movie, you're forbidden to go back and mess with America with uh, human history. It is what it is. Was it bad? Absolutely. But you can't go back and fix it. But at the same time, it, it makes us who we are now. You learn from the mistakes, right? And that's kind of what you get from all this. When you can lightheartedly make a movie, a ghost movie, about, you know, the the other side of the slavery thing, it's pretty unique. And being that it's a black guy that's, that's really doing all this is really surprising, right? Anyways, that's just one part of the nuts of this movie, right? As a kid, a lot of that stuff probably just flows, flows flies right over your head. You don't see the impact of it at, from a, a kid perspective. But at the same time, it's there. And, uh, but what you're really watching this for is, again, big spooky house. And it's very Scooby-Doo, right? Because uh, the two guys go in there, they can't find anybody. And there's, you know, weird things happening. There's uh, suits of armor that are up against the wall. You know, knights that are standing there. And they'll all of a sudden move, you know, but there's nobody in there. And, you know... The, the two ghosts are trying to run off the two cops to keep them from getting the eviction notice because they want to keep the place. And, uh, so, so, again, such a strange idea. But uh, that's kind of what you're getting here. And you get goofy things like, like I said, very Three Stooges, Stooges kind of deals. Um, you'll have a, a wall that has these knife blades or sword blades sticking out of it. And right in front of it is like a treadmill that you don't know is a treadmill and you step on it and it starts moving and all of a sudden you're running full force trying to stay on it and if you slip you're going to slide into this wall of swords just crazy stuff like that right and again it, it feels a lot like private eyes don't know that there's any tie into those I haven't done that kind of research but it, it definitely feels like 
they were kind of tapping into that same type of thing, right? And uh, things get crazy because now Sherman Hensley's character, uh, Buford's wanting to get out of there, right? Is it Buford? Uh, he's played, he plays two roles. I get the names mixed up. But uh, his police character is wanting to leave, and they can't. Every time he goes to the door, he gets picked up, and he's floating in front of the door, and he's being held upside down and dropped on his head. It's all these kind of comical things. He throws a, a coat rack at a window, tries to break out the glass, and the coat rack bounces off of it like it's a trampoline, comes flying back across the room. You get all this kind of crazy stuff. You get, um, you know, scenes where lightning bolts are striking at the two guys. They're hiding underneath a grand piano. Just crazy stuff, right? And uh, it kind of goes from there to, you know, them meeting the two granddaughters and... Weirdly enough, the, the two granddaughters try to woo the two police officers and kind of keep them there and, and treat them nice and, you know, start trying to take care of these guys. It's so strange. <laughs> it's so strange. But uh, it's it's 80s. I mean, you can tell. I mean, it's just got that element. Anything can happen in the 80s, right? And eventually it gets to where... Uh, Lewis decides that uh, he's going to fight <laughs> Smoking Joe Frazier in the fundraiser. It's a, it's a title match for the world championship. Even though he's not supposed to be Smoking Joe Frazier, he's playing a, a different character. I don't know, something like something Tucker. Terrible Tucker, that's it. And, uh, you know, it's it's the whole Rocky story, right? Where the, the world champ gives a nobody a chance at the title. So it's just a weird how they tie all this stuff in together. And, you know, obviously the, the, the ghost want him to win because he's going to give the, the prize money to take care of, of the house. That way they don't lose it. They won't get evicted. So they've been absolutely wooed by the girls. And, yeah... There's a boxing match that, you know, the ghosts interfere in and help him beat Joe Lewis, <laughs> which really made me think of Meatballs 2. Uh, it's kind of the same thing where he's kind of dancing around and Joe Lewis can't raise his arms and, you know, uh, Lewis is like knocked out on the ground and he gets picked back up by a force that you can't see and, you know, it's got all that kind of stuff in it. And, yeah, so they end up saving the place and and you know they kind of ride off at the end and they're like well what do we do now and I don't know I, I guess you also find out that the that these ladies are they're kind of ghosts too because they stay young forever because they're apparently over 100 years old and uh, so the guys jump in their police car after they've you know done the good here they're driving off they're like man what do we do now? We've got nothing to live for. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so they drive off in the car and they're like, you know what? We'd be better off dead. And the two ghosts are in the back seat and they're like, well, why didn't we think of that? So they make them have a car crash. And I mean, and the car flips down a hill and explodes, <laughs> killing them. And I guess 
because of that, they end up becoming ghosts and they go back and live with the girls forever in the mansion? Yeah. I, <laughs> so strange. I mean, I, I cover a lot of strange stuff, but wow. It, it, it we, we, you know, as, as a kid, it probably makes total sense when you watch it, right? You're like, oh, okay. But as an adult, you're like, this was the decision they made? This is, uh, well, we've got, uh, we got three minutes left of this film. How do we end it? Well, we want them to meet up with the girls and stay with them. Well, let's just have them killed then. And it's, it's so sporadic when it happens, too. Uh, yeah, bizarre little film. Uh, is it great? No, not by a long shot. Uh, even, even now I'm watching it, I'm like, yeah, this is really kind of corny, kind of slow-moving nothing you haven't really seen before but it's got its own charm and again just the whole concept of the the slavery thing i think just really throws it an oddball feel which makes it unique but uh there you go brett i hope you like this i know i'm going a little long on this one because again there's, there's so much to unpack in this one but uh i watched it on youtube I don't know where else you can find it, but that was the easiest thing for me to find it on. And, uh, you know, if you're into the, the 80s kind of uh, cable network movies that you saw a lot growing up uh, that necessarily you didn't really see anywhere else, this is one of those flicks. So there you go. I'm going to give it a, I'll give it a three out of five. You know, uh, I, I love the, the, the people in the movie, even though it's not really... Uh, it doesn't really move fast or anything. It's still got some moments in it that I think are a lot of fun. So there you go, folks. That is uh, Ghost Fever, 1987, Sherman Hensley. And I uh, hope you enjoyed that one. If you got recommendations, let me know. Be glad to do it, just like I did this one for my good buddy Brett. And uh, just let me know, and we will do our best to get those taken care of. All right, folks, that's it for this one. We will check you later.